Hello, welcome to Black Cap Recap, where two bald guys wear black ball caps and dive into the deeper meaning of movies, TV, and media. We're your co-hosts, Sean McCannelly and Aaron Russo. This is a conversation between two friends, and we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. Welcome back to Black Cap Recap. Uh, I am Sean McCannelly, and uh, with me, welcome, is Aaron. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, we're, today we're going to start a uh, series here uh, in random segments as we finish them, but we're going to start talking about the show The Expanse on Amazon uh, with just season one. I think it's only ten episodes, um, and Aaron's farther along in the show than I am, uh, and I've, I have finished season one. And can't wait to start season two. And so we're going to geek out about this show. I would classify it as hard sci-fi, both in the sense that it is like really grounded, realistic, gritty, lived in, you could say, as a setting. But also like it tries to stick to rules of physics as we know it and like really be kind of like a realistic look at what 250 years into the future could happen like realistically and there's no unexplained hyperspace or even warp drive or like the the tech they have is conceivably once we figure out how to get it to work um it's functioning right so like these these drives they use like the, the way that they get around is like we already can conceive of that we just can't figure out how to get it to work but like it's theoretically already in our imagination as working we just can't get it like tight enough or like to weigh enough or weigh, too, weigh not too much and you know there is there is a I don't remember uh, so I have to be careful because I'm in season yeah, 5 <laughs> oh I, wow I don't, I don't know how much of a spo- this isn't much of a spoiler but and I don't remember if season 1 talks about it but there is technology that a, a person from Mars oh yeah I'm aware of that like they referenced the Epstein drive yes, yes. okay right. but that's already something that I mean obviously the authors came up with it but like that's that's based on theoretical possibility today right. in 2021 you know so this takes place in like what 2350 or so i don't remember uh, i don't think they say exactly but it's like the 23rd century i think they said right so which is about i think when star trek is supposed to take place too huh. um but which we can talk about like some of the comparisons of of all that all the sci-fi yeah <coughs> so comparisons. Like, it's really um what i, I guess Generally, what I love about the show so far is like it's it's a show for grown-ups. Like you have to pay attention. You're not always sure what's going on, and that's okay. Um, there's no, I mean, it's, it's not super clear-cut. Good guys, bad guys. It's just people are who they are, and they have their own motivations, and things just happen, and it's random. And like, I don't know. I just I like that. It's not clearly here's the good guys because they have a blue lightsaber and here's the bad guys because they have a red menacing lightsaber with tattoos <laughs> and horns on their head you know like <laughs> no one looks like the devil and yeah, no one like looks you can like see a... where everyone's coming from like earth is what overpopulated uh, ecologically devastated the, i mean i just picked up i rewatched the pilot right before this i picked up which i missed the first time like when they show new york city statue of liberty has like a seawall like the seas have risen so like it's like almost halfway underwater because they had to like build a, a wall to keep the Session Liberty from flooding, right? right? So it's like, what is it, ice caps? Like, or just general, you know, like that, Earth is a mess, so they've colonized the solar system, that's the context of this thing, that there are 
there's you know the moon has if you look up at the moon at night it's got lights all over it because it's colonized fully people live on the, on the moon and there's all these asteroids that they've quote unquote spun up which i was looking into you know that's where literally if you can conceivably if you can spin up an asteroid get it going at whatever 0.3 g's like you don't have to worry about Gravity. being in zero g right like you can walk around in 0.3 that's what like mars is and i think the moon is like about that too like 0.18 or so and so but that has problems like you see even in the pilot like people who've spent their whole life on yeah. these low gravity environments who don't like take drugs or like have tr- medical treatment for it like they have drugs and like treatments they have they can't exist anywhere yeah. else and they have like you can torture them by putting them in earth gravity right yeah that's a that's haunting really uh, scene in the first episode uh-huh. where the the belter terrorist is yeah. hanging on the hooks yeah, all they did is like prop him up, slung. and he has to hold himself up, and like, yeah. that's torturous for him with yeah. his lungs and his muscles. Yeah, and they're all yeah, they're all like lanky and skinny and tall because their bones are like thin and weak, and they're just in zero g. You just get like they're seven feet tall or whatever. So right. they hired all these like skinny tall actors to play the belters. <laughs> I think there was some. There might have been some CGI with the one that they captured. Yeah, <laughs> he seemed a little too. Or just some, like a lens trick or something. Yeah, yeah. something. Um, so yeah, our core. Our core like factions are yeah, the United Nations of Earth and Luna. So apparently Earth is united, which is strike number one, right? I don't think that would happen, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Unless, you know, World War Three has already happened or something. But so yeah, and our our character for Earth side is uh, the UN undersecretary um, Christian, Christian Avasarala. Christian Avasarala, which I still in season one I'm not quite sure what she's up to. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with her yet um maybe by design or maybe i'm just too dumb to notice her <laughs> like i'm sure she plays more of a role later but like i don't know what she's up to uh, really i think i think that the earth the earth i think that i think the the for the sto- purposes of the story because they're expanding this the human mm-hmm. story consolidating earth's government makes sense because otherwise Mm -hmm. you know to talk about the the factions on earth (laughs) it would just then it would just be like oh my gosh (laughs) right but um she i i she's always struck me as and the show bears this out that she's like she's the quintessential politician Mm -hmm. who who does have a soul um but She's very much like she's the she's the quintessential politician, diplomat. Um, she would be in my in my estimation after watching season one, she would be like a liberal war hawk. I think is mm-hmm. the way I would describe her. She's not like a to put it in today's terms like a a, a conservative um, Republican, you know, pro military type. Right. She's softer. But she's 100. But she'll, she's cutthroat at yeah. the same time, and that bears out more in season. Like she's, like you know, they they show her home life mm-hmm. throughout season one, but then when she's in the political realm, like yeah, she's she's pretty beast mode. Yeah, yeah. she's like she's mm-hmm. she's she's. And I think in season one, right, you get the Earth First motto, yep. which is what she's kind of a proponent of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll that's all I'll well, say I mean, about that. Like the that. guy. Like they use this the guy on series, the Belter guy, who's like the street 
preacher kind of guy, like railing, like he's setting us up, like he's the how we are learning about the political background of all this, and he's right. like basically saying like both Earth and Mars have like ravaged this this asteroid for its resources and pillaged us and like made us be in harm's way to be the miners on the ground doing it and like we're all getting hurt and injured or whatever and then they cut our rations and this and that but like he's saying eventually like earth is going to uh, mars is going to want to take over our station and earth is going to fight to get it back and kind of we're in the middle of this right. so like they're they're like the front line of this cold war uh, between mars and earth um which mars would be like a was a colony, right? A colony of Earth, and now they're kind of wanting to do their own thing, just like I guess America and Britain right. is kind of what they're setting I, up. I, th- right? I think there's there's definitely like <clears throat> it's it's interesting. I think that is kind of part of the story that plays out, right? It's like America is or the, the Earth mm-hmm. kind of represents like you know they used to be the colonial power, yeah, and now one of their colonies has become in some ways appear but mm-hmm. there's just enough codependence between them for other reasons yeah like mars and i i believe this is safe to say just within the context <laughs> of season one is more of a military superpower yeah well what we know of mars it comes across like this very buttoned up militaristic yes um like but in a way that reminds me of like north korea or maybe israel like they're trying to like be completely self-sufficient and right. like self-directed and very militaristic and but they're 100 percent not like they can't grow food. Yeah, they can't. Well, like like Israel's planted like plopped in the middle of its enemies, right? And like North Korea is is completely isolated politically, right? Um, or just they're just trying to like scrap it out. Or like yeah, like the American colonies were dependent on Britain for at least a market for their goods, right? Because right. The West was nothing; it was wilderness. Right. And so was the North was Canada, and the South was Mexico and the Spanish it's all Empire, the same. right? Yeah. So it's like and the Caribbean was just pirates. So it's like they had. They had no choice but to be connected to the motherland, but they had grievances, as we know. <laughs> um, and I think I think Mars, what Mars represents is, because I can, and it, ah, I just I, I keep having to check myself because <laughs> I can't remember what we're introduced to in season one, but I guess it would be best to say that like Mars because because they are such a military force because they're so strong militarily. Like right, so they carry a big stick, mm-hmm. but a lot of it's for show mm. because they can't actually wield it. Mm. Because if they did, then they would be cut off from right. So so they they need Earth and they need to coexist with Earth as it relates to the belt, right? Like you mentioned, yeah, for the and so resources. right. So they are the belt is on the cold, the front of the Cold War, which mm-hmm. is it is a very cold war. But right, the season one is like season one, just it's like. What, what should be obvious, right, is mm-hmm. someone's trying to warm up the Cold War. Yes. Right? Yes. So, yeah, we talked about Mars, which we know very little about from season one. There's one, like, freighter or whatever, or a frigate, I guess, it, like a, a military ship um, investigates what happens in with the Canterbury getting blown up. Um, right. From a stealth, like, out of nowhere. Like, there was no ships anywhere, and then it gets blown up, and everyone's thinking it's Mars, and... Mars is trying to be like, it wasn't us, right? Um, and then, yeah, our, our heroes, they steal a ship or they're able to get off that Martian ship and have this, uh, this Martian, like, smaller ship. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gunship. A gunship. The Rocinante, they rename it. Um, and that is, I guess, our, our main setting, right? That's our Millennium Falcon yes. for the show. That it, is the central. It looks cool. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. It's a cool ship. Um, I just love, like, how... 
even gravity, like, I mean, Star Wars makes zero attempt to explain how they have gravity. Like, A, no, gravity's yeah, the same, no. and the air is the same everywhere they go. Right. And every, like, planet, first of all. And second of all, every ship has just unexplainable horizontal decks with gravity on them. Right. Like, this is like, oh, yeah, no, you stack the you stack the decks vertically against the engine, and the engine thrusting provides your gravity. Right. And then when you don't have it, you have mag boots, and everything's metallic, and you right. clank around. Right. And like, oh, okay, that's that's so, like, duh. That makes right. so much sense, right? I think that's what that's what the show, what the show does really well, I think, in season one especially, because um, it gets, I think, the, the show is called The Expanse, mm-hmm. and I think it's, a, I really think it's a double meaning of, like, it's talking about obviously the expanse of space, yeah. but the story is just it expands like mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, um, literally like, yeah. um, and but what it does really really well I think is it takes real world science, it takes real world politics, it takes you know human nature, even religion, which doesn't get too much treatment in season one, but. Um, there's so many things that the show does really well to like ground the story in a lot of things that we would recognize, but that's obviously we are not there. Yeah. Right. We're not. But you see like all these echoes and rhymes with real history because oh, humans yeah. are no different. Like that's no. that's one of the things I guess I pick up on is it's like you can take the man out of Earth, but you can't take the Earth out of man or whatever kind of. Is it a good idea to colonize beyond Earth, or like, are we like infesting the universe? Right, <laughs> like we're bringing our troubles and destroying worlds and destroying, uh, you know, a pristine creation. Let's say <laughs> by like, <laughs> like already, like they're just like carving out these asteroids. They're like just basically they're they're there to extract resources from the asteroid belt or whatever. And one just like in colonial times, it's like oh, it's this like completely naked wilderness, and it's like right. well, a people live there already, Native Americans. And B, like maybe leave it alone instead of like carving it up and blowing it up with dynamite. And this and so that. you're repeating like almost verbatim certain lines from the rest of the oh, seasons. Okay, maybe but, I'll get along with those people. <laughs> well, there's, there's. So I think, I think what this, what the sto- on the on, on on one level, it is really pretty simple and predictable. I mean, all it's really doing is kind of taking the, I think, really yeah. the story of human civilization mm-hmm. on the on the individual level, right? Like the people who are. Like the car- the the crew of the Rosinante, right? They represent like everyday people who exist with these much bigger, yeah. right? And they're, you know, and then you have um, the factions and the politicians and the people with power, and and really, it's not. There's nothing in the show that's actually new. It's all the yeah. same stuff. You know, it's kind of like I feel like it's sometimes. Sometimes when I'm watching it, I feel like there's there's a there's shades of even like Les Misérables in it. Like it's yeah. like, where it's like, you know. Context of the French Revolution, you know, the common man versus the, you know, the corruption when around. You could the, set this exact story all the beats. You could set it in 1700. You could set yeah. it in 1950, Cold War. Like it, it's that's it, what I mean. Like yeah. history just kind of rhymes, and like there's nothing new. Like and, and in old. that way, it is like Star Wars in the sense yeah. that it's it's telling this timeless story, yeah. but it's just much more smart and mm-hmm. complicated. But I think the like I think the the way season one opens, right? Like the first few episodes, like it's. I mean, I don't, I don't know that. Like when we're watching, when I'm watching it, like you don't really have to tell me. Like I know, I kind of already know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like like it's obvious that. Well, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I have to keep checking no, myself. No, that's here. right. I mean, I, I like I said, just rewatched the pilot, and it's like 
what's happening in this universe makes sense. Like it's not a total foreign environment. Right. Where I'm like I'm totally lost and I have like culture shock. I don't have culture shock and I should because we're talking about like people who live on asteroids and stuff. Right. But it's like this looks familiar. Like if I was transported into the future, right. I feel like I'd like oh okay. That you can you can relate like, to the pull, people in those circumstances from like a thousand or two thousand years ago and pull them today. Like I wonder if they would also be like, okay, that's cool tech and stuff. But like I see a lot of, like, right? They'd be like, oh yeah, nothing's new again. Like this is all. No, they they would they would be in shock. Well, yeah. Whereas we would look at we look at what's on the like. I mean, there's there's telltale sounds signs right that like the expanse is trying to. It's like it reminds me of Black Mirror some way in some ways in the sense that it's like. It's grounded enough in mm-hmm. where we are now. I mean, you can see even just like all the devices that they use yeah. to communicate are phones. Like it's mm-hmm. they're all using smartphones, yeah. which is like, which what, is like that tech is here to stay, basically. Well, but but or what are the changes? Like, by then, it could be context, yeah. could be something different, right? Which but, is if you put someone from 1900 and you show them a cell phone, they're like, "What is that thing?" Like, he would probably. Oh, let's go back in time to like, freak oh, out. regular phones. Like you have to backtrack a couple generations of tech to get someone. To understand it's cell phone. A, a person from the nineteen hundred from nineteen hundred, if they came here now, yeah, they would be flabbergasted. Like they'd recognize cars as a car, from what they know as, as like a unique hobby horse thing. Like oh, like hobbyists have these four wheeled motor coaches, right? Right. But they'd be like shocked that they're everywhere, or like or be like oh yeah, I can. It's surprising that horses and it buggies went away. Took over. And now cars are taking over. But like, it, I can see it as a car. I think things like telecommunications, flying, yeah, um, space travel, <laughs> the internet, computers. Those things <laughs> yeah. would. Those things would. You know, like would appear to them as almost like like magical or like mm-hmm. voodoo or like some kind of some kind of dark. Magic. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> I still think that one. <laughs> when people fix computers or like do stuff with software, I'm like, I like sorcery is this? How right? did you do that? They're alchemy or something. <laughs> you know, like you push that wrong button. Sometimes when you're typing and like Chrome like pulls that tab to the side that has all the like coding going on on the left. I'm like, oh, I poked it. I opened the I button. The I'm like, never mind that. Like, that's all hieroglyphics to me. Yeah. But I think I think what the show does really well is that it puts. It just takes like 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 the belters, for example, like mm-hmm. the whole concept of the belt, right? Which is really a stand-in for the like you know what we would consider to be like the exploited yeah, like countries world. that so, where the resources are yeah. taken out, but everybody stays poor, yeah. and that's pretty standard. Yeah, that's but new. but for some reason, when you put it in the context of series, mm-hmm. right, and with with Miller and with you know like all of that it's like it's it's almost it 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 effectively tells the same story that you've heard a thousand times mm-hmm. but the way it's staged the way it looks the way it feels more, it's almost. really good yeah right like it's like oh like this is like and it makes you think not just about what's going on in the show but it makes you think about the human condition mm-hmm. and the state of human affairs in general yeah. Right. Like, like when you when you're watching the scenes, right, with with Miller. Like, like one of the things I think that's really interesting is, and this is carried on throughout the show, and it's not a spoiler to say, but like, like the, it's clear from season one, like even the OPA, right? Like the OPA is not monolithic, mm-hmm. right? Because these things never are. Right. Except in history, like in retrospect, we right. Mono- so like, them. oh, you know, yeah. this group yeah. beat this group, or this group was united against this group. But in reality, 
the OPA is fractured and yeah. factionalized. Like and I'm interested to see like what's the difference between Fred Johnson and Anderson Dawes <laughs> within the OPA. Right. Are they talking or is, is Anderson Dawes like subordinate? to him and like Anderson Dawes is the series guy and he's a good soldier to calling like taking orders from Fred Johnson or they have their own difference differences of you know what I mean like like I can tell right. I can't tell that they're in cahoots and I can't tell that they're opposed to each other other than they have a shared grievance it seems and I don't know exactly what Fred Johnson's grievance is other than he's he comes from Mars right or was he an Earth? Oh, he's Earth. He's an Earth like sniper guy or whatever. He's an Earther who and I, I believe it's in season one right that you Get his backstory a little bit. Of whatever. Yeah. yeah, like that station that he... Like, and now he's a champion. So and he's a champion for the belt, but not all the OPA folks. Right. Some OPA... So, like, you have the OPAers who are, like, they're the purists. Like, yeah, yeah. you can't be an Earther and be on our side. I don't care what mm-hmm. you say, right? Julie Mao is an Earther. Fred Johnson is an Earther, right? Which is so real life, right? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you're not one of us, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to be, you have to be pure-blooded Even Belter. Even Hitler had a hard time because he was Austrian, right? <laughs> so, like, the Germans were like, I don't know about this Austrian guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, it's, and it's, 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 it's so human nature, right? Like, yeah. it's like, even within this, you know, like, and later on in the season, it, it happens in, in, in all the storylines, right? Like, it's not, Earth isn't monolithic, Mars isn't monolithic, and then there are events that happen that, you know, show the cracks yeah. in all of these different factions, right? Um, so I think, like, narratively, like, how they structured it, it just is, I feel, I feel like it's masterful, because, like, you watch a show, and you're always like, okay, what's the MacGuffin, or what are the MacGuffins? Like, what, what does everyone want? What is everyone after? And they do a good job of, like, for several episodes, Miller is, A, our, like, window to kind of this, the belt, like, he's, like, how we're seeing the belt. Right. But also, like, he's got an assignment to find Julie Mao. Like, he's just doing his job, trying to find this missing person who's like, right. VIP, whatever. And I'm like, how is this, like, what's the connection? I know there's, like, when are we going to find this connection? And you saw her at the very beginning of the show, like, trapped in a, I guess, supposedly looks like she's trapped in a thing. And then you're like, oh, is that the same voice that Holden's picking up on the radio from this, this ship that they found that they're going to investigate? Uh, and it turns out, yes, but, like, you don't really know that at first. Right. Or I missed it the first time. Um, and so you're like, what? not sure where the Miller's thing's going. And then they Ross and Ante crew, like they're just trying to figure out like who blew up our who blew up our freighter, right? Who blew up our right? Who, br- who blew up the camper by the Martians? And they're like, well, right. our thing blew up, and here's a Martian ship. So like, what would you guys do? Uh, and then yeah, Holden like puts out that right. Like, the tweet or whatever, basically they put on a tweet like, hey, Martian Mars did this or whatever, and they're pissed at him for that. Yep. But then he becomes like the folk hero. He's got the graffiti everywhere, but he wasn't right. Like he wasn't correct because they were like even like. Because they get attacked, right? They, the Martians. Well, I think. I think we're. I think. I think it's pretty understood from the very beginning that it wasn't Mars. Like yeah. as the viewer, you're yeah. like that's too simple. Yeah, yeah. Right, and the and the show yeah, is like, too oh, smart is like, for that. We have this, this other faction we don't know about. Right, what is going on? Like, yeah. what if it's not Mars? Like, yeah. right? and like they do a pretty good job of like, of, um, right. So it's like, it's essentially like. A false flag operation. Yeah. We just don't know who did it. Yeah. And but you see how, and then right, all the factions hijack it for their mm-hmm. purposes. Yeah. Oh, you know, like the, all the people this in the OPA the and the Belters yeah. are like, remember the cant, right? And it's like, and you know, when it's you're watching, you're like, they're getting bamboozled, yeah. right? Yeah. Like there is no cause behind, you know, there's something else going on. And I think we get in season one, right? We do get to the point where we understand that that the um, 
So I'm trying to remember what what. Well, path. so like it converges near the end. All the storylines converge. Like literally, Miller right. connects with Holden and crew on Eros. On Eros, which <laughs> Eros is like space, what like Atlantic City. Like it's like the first asteroid, and it's like really. It's all like, seedy and it, it's turned into like yeah. It was a industrial town, and now it's just like a brothels and casinos casino, and like yeah, they like hang out in that like like gnarly Chuck E. Cheese place, you know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. like, like that's just funny to me, like. That it's just like the past over. It's like it's like Reno, right? It's like not quite Las Vegas or whatever. Uh, but the, so like in that season, they do find Julie, right? Yeah. So they find. So like, yeah, it converges at the end with like the new the the meta MacGuffin is this proto proto molecule. Yeah. Which is this mysterious thing, yeah. alien? What is it? Right. So like, it is this thing, and it's powerful. <laughs> and now everyone wants the everyone wants a piece of this thing. Right. Um, to me, it's like, I don't know, it's like nuclear technology or just like, or even just fire, right? It's Prometheus bringing fire, right? It's like that story of... It, to me, what I... attack and let's have humans fight about it and then kill each other. With right. It. It's almost <laughs> irrelevant to some degree initially mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. As much as the fact that it's like, okay, so again, same story, different day. Yeah. Something, you know, nuclear power mm-hmm. comes along, right? And everybody's like, who can use it to kill someone first? Yes. Right. Let's weaponize it immediately. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. And you have you have this blending of corporate interests mm-hmm. and national interest or planetary interests, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like okay, so like uh, you know, and 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 it gets to the point where you do have it's it's just like it's just like right now with you know nuclear power. It's like like for the sake of the conversation, without getting too political, it's like mm-hmm. hey, we're America. We can have as many bombs as we want and as many power plants as we want, but Iran. Mm, yeah, you know, yep. you we can't have it. The rules of and we're like, wait, but we want to have it. It's mm-hmm. only fair that we have it because you guys could just blow us up anytime you want. Well, no, but you're dangerous. You're the bad guys. <laughs> but you're dangerous. You're, you're the, the terrorists. Yeah, yeah, you're the terrorists, right? <laughs> so like, so like the proto molecule becomes that like oh, that thing that football. <laughs> like it's like, and it's literally like it's like, well, you know, like everybody thinks they have a right to it, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks they need to keep it from someone else, mm-hmm. right? And I think that kind of starts to play out in the first season. Yeah. Like, like, or right, so it's like I can see that that's where they're going to take right. it, and that's exciting. And it's, but it's what, but it to goes expand the plot. Right? It goes You're beyond this narrow story. It, it, through. it's, it's. I'll, I won't say anything, <laughs> but so one thing I really liked um, is they just they like kill Shed, like just suddenly the doctor guy, like he just they're sitting oh, there in Miller. the ship and they're getting attacked, and he just like gets his head blown off, right, like. Like the piece of oh like, right when they're captured on the Martian yeah, ship like, yeah shows that like oh they, they did that like yeah I, I can't tell who's killed a main character yeah, in like the first who, who, yeah. five or six it's episodes it's kind of like the Game of Thrones formula of like yeah. literally everyone's fair game um right for for perhaps yeah. um it just had that feel and I liked like again like grounded in reality like you know the popular imagination is like oh if a ship gets a breach like everyone gets sucked out of a little pinhole right and it's like well no that's not how physics works like it's it's a it's an emergency you got to plug the leak right but they like put a binder up and like glued around the binder and that's enough to hold a spaceship right there, right? right and it's like well that makes sense it's like one atmosphere in there like if it was super high pressured in there and no and then a vacuum outside that's a big differential through a small little hole right but this is one atmosphere they don't have these people in 30 atmospheres and right. they're not all getting so it's like liquid a, I, liquefied yeah. through a hole it's like if you poke a hole in your like pool your inflatable pool it's not going to blow up and it'll just like <laughs> seep out and like ruin your day but like you got to address it but like yeah it's just I don't know it's interesting how like yeah space combat in this world it, is like it's a 
just like with ship to ship combat, like you blow holes in people's ships or like blow, like you break holes in the sails and the mast and like it's a big like it's you gotta fix it all your ship's not gonna work right right but like you don't shoot a cannonball at a ship and it blows up or whatever you know? right or like right. you poke a hole in the ship and suddenly it's flooded completely immediately right, right? so it kind of works that way where it's like or there's there's ways to when there's a flood in the ship like you can, yeah, compartments you can be sealed yeah. in. so like, I, I just like that it was just the, like kind of shocking and like at the same time like oh yeah like that's how this works like you don't it's not this dramatic uh, violent evacuation of everybody out of a out of a hole in the breach or whatever, right? Uh, it's just different than what you usually see. They, they kind of are faithful to realism in that way. And, you know, they don't always, like... I mean, obviously, the ships don't fly around like Star Wars ships where they're just no. kind of, like, in, in air flight. They're doing these, like, um, what is it, like, turn and burns, and, like, they're actually maneuvering in a physical reality. Of how there is one, one ship later that is a little bit more of a, I don't know, sports car-ish oh, okay. kind of thing. But it's still... It's still well done, mm-hmm. but um, I think it might be interesting to talk about it, like to talk about um, the characters. Each of the characters really kind of anchors the different factions and complexities mm-hmm. of that, because you have Holden, who he's Earth, he's Earth yeah. and he's he's still mostly Earth. He works in the Belt, but yeah. he works for an Earth-based yeah. company. Which, by the way, I gotta say, I love just like with Alien. Like, I love basically like space blue collar stuff. Yes. So like Han Solo, even like the kind of like the gritty underworld of Star Wars, and like the like I'm just a simple man making my way in the galaxy kind of thing. And then like yeah, Alien is like full on like they're just griping about the company and like complaining about right. their like oh I need to get my bonus or like we need to renegotiate our contract. Or, like it's, these are guys on a freighter ship, right? Like this is like blue collar dudes. Right, and, and that's and that is the space. That is. It, it in that ways it is. It's alien without the without horror, aliens, without yeah. the horror part of it, but or, like or like aliens in the way that you make, would. Those, that's like the ninety nine point nine percent of the masses, right? The blue collar workforce makes everything happen. Right. So like it's nice that like that's the subject of the story. Like in Star Trek, it's like the slick uh, military elite uh, ship. Like if you focused. Like that'd be like depicting all of humanity is summed up in either an astronaut crew or in like a an aircraft carrier bridge, right? That's, right. That's the entirety of the Earth's drama. It's like, well, that's they're part most of the military. Most people are not on an aircraft carrier bridge, right. right? At the elite of the military, or whatever. They're they're stuck in the yeah. in the in the yeah. And I think that's 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 what Hol- what Holden represents, right? Is he's he comes from privilege on Earth, mm. but he has found himself, right, kind of by choice, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of downgraded, mm. um, but he's still kind of up there. I'm curious, like, all these people's backstories, I don't know if they go into flashbacks and stuff with them. Or well, they explain, like, in them. season one, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. He speaks a little bit about, like, how he had, like... Don't we see... Maybe this isn't season see? one. Well... He talks to him when he's like meeting Miller, kind of. They're talking. They they talk about how he had, you know, multiple parents. Basically, like they they had like this system of a post marriage system where you have like. In season three, one, do we go to Wyoming? Wyoming, I don't think so. Okay, like, never Wyoming, mind. Wyoming, the U.S. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. Okay. But he says he's from. I think he's from there. Right. Yeah. We know that, and like he comes from like a I guess like a commune of some kind or like some kind of communal setup that earth has going on where 
maybe because of population issues, like kind of either like maybe ration. Like so, China had one child policy, so you have two two a man and a woman, and they get one kid. Like this is like maybe if it gets that much more severe than like in this case, it's like it's like one raised, kid per nine. Yeah, people. he was like raised by like three men and five women or whatever, and like nobody knows who the man and the woman is that is actually his like sperm and, and egg. Well, I, I will like say functionally raised by all of them because it's like you have to do a six to one ratio instead of two to one. So that's that is not that's not you'll find out that that's not the case. He's lying about that. No, no, he's just genetically yeah. from multiple people. Oh, but he's not like raised by them. No, interesting. No, um, it's like like and, the family as we know it isn't really a thing anymore. He 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 has a he has. In, in appearance, a traditional background. Hmm. And it's very American goth. Like, it's a very, uh, you know, like, he's from Wyoming. Okay. Enough said. Like a rancher, right? Yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, and he comes from, he comes from some privilege. And I think that bears out in season one, right? You kind of get the sense, like, what's this guy doing out here? Like, yeah. like he has a history in the, in the military. Mm-hmm. He bailed out. He's kind of just, like, hiding, you know? Yeah. And he's, and he's, He's the classic character who's like, um, he kind of reminds me of like Simba. It's like mm. he's meant for greatness, but he kind of but it's like it's sabotages. Simba if we didn't know. If we only met Simba after the exile, right? And we don't know what hell. Happened. When we meet Holden, he's he's a Kunimata or whatever, and he's just kind of like he's kind of like I got it. I'm happy right in and, and, uh-huh. and the classic scenario, right? And then all of a sudden he's. Thrust into the right. heart of this. Nala comes back and says, "You got to come back to the yeah." And he's and he finds himself on arrows with Miller. You know, while well, people are getting, you know, yeah. So, um, and he represents, I think, that genre, that that that. Um, what's the word I'm archetype. looking for? Yeah, that archetype, yeah. right? Um, but he and he also represents, I think, um, he's somewhat naive. Mm. About what it means that he's an earther, and what that what that means that he's in that situation, um, and then you have Naomi mm-hmm. Nagata, who is a belter by heritage, mm-hmm. but who uh, abandoned her belter background, and she's working for this earth-based company. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, like you can one of the. Marks of a belter is like they have these like burns. tattoos. Yeah, and they have like burns around their neck that they turn into tattoos to like cover up slash take pride in it. Well, and it, it becomes something like where it's like even if you don't have the burns, you get the tattoo yeah. as a marker. Mm-hmm. And she, so she, I won't say anything else, but she's so we just know that she's yeah. she's a she represents that person whose her heritage is belt. Mm-hmm. She's also kind of trying to just be neutral, mm-hmm. like no, I'm just here to do my job, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Amos is Amos is Earth, Earth. He's but, Earth, but he's kind of like he just like does whatever she just says at least right. for now. Like he's kind of her. Amos is lapdog or whatever. Amos is Amos is, is an Earther, mm-hmm. and he has n- no Amos at in the point of season in, in season one. Really, Amos is just he's like the muscle. He's the muscle, not the dumb muscle, but he's the muscle. He's the, well, he's kind of yeah. He's he's not. I don't know if I would say he's he's not dumb muscle but he's un, he's a little unhinged like he's mm. like loose cannon that's true he was about he's to the loose cannon uh, and face? yeah and he but he doesn't he represents more of like you know like 
the only person I really care about, sweetheart, is me. You know, he's like, mm. he's just like, he's I'll just kill stuff. anyone who's trying to kill me. I'll, if you try to take my stuff, you're in trouble. Mm. Like, he's just kind of there, like, you know, like, and he's not, he's never really, like, identified as, like, yeah. And there's so much to his backstory. He gets the least, I think, we don't really know anything about him in season one. Okay. Um, except that he's from Earth. Yeah. And I don't know if they mention it specifically where he's from, but we know he's an Earther. Then Alex Kamala is the pilot, and he's got a Martian background. Like he flew Martian. Not, he was in the Martian like, Navy. Uh, yeah, but he flew like not not like, military, not not like the, like the Merchant Marine, basically. Right. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah non-combat, I think. Yeah. 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 And he he um, so he he I believe season. I always have to. I keep this. So in season one, we understand that he he's from Mars, but he's also yeah out. Working on this Earth or Earth-based company ship, so Alex is Alex is um, Mars-born, I mm-hmm. believe, or I don't know if he was Mars-born or not, but he's he's identified as a Mar- Martian person. Yeah, he gets the uniform unit on that ship, right? For some reason. Even though, and they didn't know that. I mean, the impression yeah, I got was that they didn't know that. that. Um, yeah, interesting. They thought they're like, oh, you're in on this, or like you're. Right, like, oh, wait, yeah, you're a, you're a Martian. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting. So. I'll, Right, so like it's the classic scenario. It's like you take two Earthers, a Belter, and a Martian, mm-hmm. you know, and it's you throw like them. A joke. Right, <laughs> when you throw them in that in that ship, mm-hmm. in that crucible of right, and then that's how you tell the story yeah, of the, the belt. It's and very the, clever. They survive because they're the ones tasked with going to check out the stress call of this random ship, which the captain thinks is like a pirate like trap. Right, but it turns out to be. The ship, the Scopuli that that Julie Mao was on or was on, that I think they end up going back to that same ship, right? They go find the Scopuli again. So like, that's just like you miss that till you watch it again. Like literally, I've seen the pilot twice, and like, right. I'm like oh yeah, there's that, and there's that, and there's that, and it's like the first time, just like totally missed it all, you know? Well, they did a they did a good job. Like they kind of told the story a little bit of it backwards, yeah, which yep. was which was pretty smart. But the I think the characters, right? They all they. Those four characters, right? Mm-hmm. So then all the other characters in the story are much more like straight Earther, straight Martian, straight mm-hmm. Belter, right? Mm-hmm. So you have all the... And then they sit in the middle. There's these four four people who are, you know, represent the complexity of it, right? Like, it's like, no, you're not you're not just an Earther or mm-hmm. just a Belter, right? And, like, <clears throat> and they... they they have to figure out, and, and for the most of season one, there's a tremendous amount of mistrust, right? Like, like they they have to depend on each other for survival, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily like each other or trust each other. Yeah. Except for Amos and Naomi. Yeah, they're tight. For but some reason, but they're not like into like as lovers or anything. Like, it's not a romantic. No. It's just like a sister little brother thing, mm-hmm. almost, or whatever, or a mutual like mutual reliance on each other emotionally. Right. And even Miller mm-hmm. is right, Earther. Or I mean, he's Belter working he's a, for an Earth-based like security. He's never even left series before, right? right? Yeah, but he's, he's working for an Earth. He's doing yeah. security for Earth. Yeah. So like, I love that line in the pilot. He's like, like his new guy is like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and like he's like, don't try to change the whole galaxy at once, kind of thing. Right. But he's like, he's like, there's, and he's something like, isn't it against the law? He's like, there's no law on series, just cops. 
Right. Which is like, because they're also crooked and like he was, I mean, took bribes from that one guy and then like that guy wasn't, you don't like overlook the compliance of filter checks or whatever. And he took a bribe to like overlook. He's like, okay, thanks. Now I don't need to go to your right. compliance check. <coughs> so I'm text meaning I don't have to maintain my filters. But then all these kids are getting sick from filters and right. his, his partner is like, this is horrible. And he's like, yeah, it is, but I'm too cynical at this point. <laughs> Well, he's he's the he's classic like, like right. Yeah. He's the classic jaded, yes. the, you know, the hard-boiled detective, like yeah. the noir type. And it's, it's so a nice through line with his like a little hat and his like the hair and just like, so perfect. And it's it's the <laughs> one part of the season, the first season that I initially didn't like. Like yeah, here's it, was, a it was too much. Yeah, right. I just expected him to have like a voiceover, like it was a cold, dark night, or whatever. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like the, the noir style, like, right? Or slash, like he's almost like a weebo too. Like he's like a, I don't know, he's like a anime guy, like a like a lady. Like you just expect him to be like total neck beard. You know? Yeah, he he's 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 not. He gets more complex, mm-hmm. but I think for the for the purposes of the first season, like like that's the one part of the show that I needed the rest of the seasons to. For him to become yeah. what I what I what I needed yeah. him to be, but for the first season, it's enough to show him like you know it his story his throughput in this season is that it's the beginning of his I guess you could say redemption right, right? like like he goes he leaves series we well, kind of touched on that when he's on the ship on the way and he's talking about that Mormon yeah like they kind of. He's starting his like journey a little bit. With right. That guy with that conversation. And he's and also where he's at and stuff like spiritually almost and like. And his it's his it's space. his and his connection the connection he starts to find with Julie, mm-hmm. even though he's never met her, is also starting to, mm-hmm. you know, soften him. Yeah. Right. Like, like he probably never has had any kind of feeling of any kind for any of his targets or his like subjects of his investigations but for some reason right she's getting to him well and she's also she represents an idealism that he's long yeah. forgotten yeah and and it captures him yeah captures his imagination um i think it's we it, we were talking about like how yeah history kind of rhymes like it's just so it's just so fun to me and funny that like of course the Mormons are a no different and he <laughs> are designing a giant spaceship to go like colonize a planet like right. of course they would do that it's just so great <laughs> it's called the Navu right which is like like one of their texts or whatever or some kind of something in in that religion there's Navu is like reference like an angel I think it's one of the angels who like spoke to to Joseph Smith really I, yeah, yeah so they named their ship after yeah like it's just, it's, it well, tracks, it's everything tracks it's, and it's, it's exactly what I would expect you it, know? it's also a very accurate like right like people don't talk too much about how how much um, financial power yeah and economic power the Mormons have mm-hmm. like to me when I'm watching that I'm like yeah like I learned a long time ago that if they were the, the Mormons financed the first mega casino resort in Las Vegas. Yeah. Like, because they like what? pool everyone's like social security and stuff. Like they figure <clears> out how to like not gain the system, but like make the most advantage of the legal system of all that stuff, and like be very thrifty and very like um, uh, be very shrewd financially, right? Well, I mean, they they because they, they had to survive. Like they were forged in survival. Like they've been on the run. And right. their entire culture is in the survival mindset, right? And they're into like the survivalism too and like well and they, they and, and all that. And they they will what I think what I but that 
ship represented to me was like it's like it was like to me when I thought saw that I thought about them financing the first big casino because I'm like <laughs> you don't gamble or yeah, drink right. right in theory right right but you're willing to finance right <laughs> it's like it's like there's an incongruity bigger, there like for a bigger purpose right? you know like yeah. we're, we're financing the biggest ship ever made yeah. in space yeah. you know but we're just trying to follow Jesus it's like okay wait, what's going on so funny. You know? and yeah Fred Johnson is like designing it or whatever right. he's in charge of it which right. is weird like yeah it's just so weird like how can if he's like publicly known as like a leader is he trying to like legitimize and like put a legit face on this thing and like that's why there's beef with him and the OPA is like they want to be more militant he's like we, we're not going to get anywhere that way we're going to get somewhere the way I'm doing it Right, is that kind of the fault line? Well, to me, Fred Johnson is, he represents, to me, he's, he is, if you took Lando Calrissian mm. and bunched him all up into one at the beginning, mm-hmm. that's Fred Johnson. So he's got like this legitimate business, yeah. Tyco Station, yeah. which is a legitimate yeah. business. Mm-hmm. But then behind the scenes, right, Lando eventually becomes... Uh, General Calrissian. Right, he becomes Alliance. a part of the Rebel Alliance, yeah. right? And so he's... He's like, so if you combine all that, so that's Fred Johnson. Like he's, he has a jaded past. He's trying to legitimize himself as a businessman, and he's trying to right the wrongs he's done in the past by helping the belt. Mm. But he can't unite people in the belt because they don't trust him because he's an earther, yeah. right? And so you're always wondering. Can we trust this guy? Everybody's yeah. always wondering. Can we I trust love that this scene guy? when they meet him in like that white hallway? You know, like they, they go to his station or whatever. And yeah. You just yeah. You're just like I'm not sure about this guy. I don't know what to make of this guy. Right. Yeah. And they can't either. Right. We can't either. And it's just great. And I think I think that's what. Yeah. Again, so many. There's so many brilliant ways that this show takes people and places and things and makes them, like like Fred Johnson. It's like can't pin him down like who is this person how does he fit into this yeah can he be trusted whose side is he on right like and like all the characters are struggling to understand that and the show just continues to 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 play that out but i think the the you know the way season one when when everything comes together right and especially by the time you get to the point where um Everybody's together on Eros, and they find Julie, mm-hmm. and then I be- and then they see what's going on. That all happens in season yeah, one. Yeah, so right? like they find Julie, but she's got like the protomolecule molecules like gotten to her. She's dead, and she's right. like, it's like coming out of her and everything. Right. And then they, uh, the her father's like company or whatever is like yes. has like released it or like has irradiated the station and people in the station. Right. Ostensibly under the like. Oh, get vaccinated or whatever. <laughs> um, or get this antidote or whatever. They're like sticking everyone with, oh, this will help you when they're putting them in the shelters. But really, it's like irradiating them. So um, it's a giant it's like an experiment. experiment. And she was like patient zero or whatever. Um, Unintentionally. But they, yeah, but that he's like, right. so he's not that torn up about it, but it's like the, the show must go on kind of thing. It's like, what's going on here? Well, like, there's they, there's they, more. They're, they find the... Uh, more later. They find the ship, the scopuli, and that's where like, yeah, the whole engine's been like, eaten up by this thing it's like supposedly growing or like feeds on energy or something yes like it's like not explained it's just like this weird is it alive is it not alive is it just a force of nature is it like is it a weapon that somebody else put like somebody else released into the world into the universe and like for what reason who who are these shadowy i mean like even when the martian ship gets attacked it's like these like stormtrooper guys basically 
like right. and they have like these weird tech that like <coughs> like fixes their wounds like automatically and it's just like what is going on who are these people and where are they coming from and like what's going on what is going on <laughs> right and none of it's like super explained and it's, it's okay because it's only season one right but it's like man they, yeah okay this show just got expanded right uh, <laughs> so in the, in the beginning you're just thinking you're just thinking yeah mars earth belt then there's this mysterious other faction that's doing all these shenanigans and then jules pierre mal kind of represents like corporate power yeah which is very much a part of the show and part of our story right now mm -hmm. right like like who really has power here yeah. Right, and or it's like share these like the government can't act with corporations and vice versa. Right, so it's like this unholy alliance that we're all very familiar with. Oh, there's so much, so much. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. It's it's, and I, I think I think season one is, it's definitely, it's really really good, but it's actually probably the worst of all the seasons. Like as the seasons play out further, it's so much so much better. Oh. But that's because but. But it's because season one doesn't rush yeah. to, you know. It's a bit of a slow burn, but yes. I was ready for it and I was patient for it because I heard you had to be, like, you got to pay attention, you got to be patient. Yeah. And I'm willing to invest. Like, when it pays off, I'm willing to do that investment and that doesn't always happen. Yeah. And it's happening with this one. And I'm like, it's one of the, it seems like one of those shows, like, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Yeah. And I like that. Well, by the time, for me, the payoff, when, the moment where it started to really pay off was when they're all in the hotel lobby. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's, it's like a like, metric style gun. Right, and everybody's like, "Who are you? Who are you? I don't know. Who are yeah. you? Shoot him! That don't don't shoot him!" That reminded me of um, Moondock Saints. Have you seen that movie? No. It was just like that. There was a scene just like that in that movie. I, that was, I think, that was that was the scene where I realized, like, you know, that this is not. This is this is. I understood the season, what the season was for, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's this chaos that these people all get thrown into. Yeah. And now they're trying to, you know, that's, and then it carry out like they're trying to get off of Eros. Yeah. They're trying to, they don't know what's going up on. They're this giant thing. Happening. Yeah. Instead and of them just like struggling to get out of their own situations. Right. They're like now all part of this bigger thing now. Yeah. Yeah. And that just continues and continues. And it, it, yeah. So I, so I think, I think, I think that season one is so much better once you get past it. Mm. Um, I think I the first respect, like, the first part of season one, to be honest to me, to me, to, it was utterly predictable. It was like you knew every character archetype. It was like mm -hmm. it was pretty obvious, mm -hmm. and it wasn't even that well acted or like written. It was just kind of like, like finding their sea legs a little bit. Yeah, whatever. but and then when I think when you I think that what saved the first part of the season was that they showed you the proto molecule at the beginning, even though oh, you didn't know true. what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then they took it away. Yeah. And they waited a really long time. That's true. I even forgot about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was brilliant. It was kind of yeah. like it was kind of like Jaws. And like there's the the opening scene where she's swimming in the water, yeah. and but then no Jaws for like an hour and a half. And you know, like there's a the shark out there somewhere. I think. Right. Right. Is that what we saw? Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the the by the time the you find Julie, in the shower. Yeah. With the you know crystals. And you're like, damn, this is, this is the monster. That, you know. Well, and how they like unveil it, like they they go on the ship and they see like the evidence of her confinement and her like escape and this and that, and then you're putting all pieces together. And you're, like, right. Like it, the way they like, kind of lay that out, it wasn't just very yeah. chronological. It was like piecing it together, which is how it works in real life. Like things, it was good because it like, baited you at the beginning yeah. instead of just starting with the story. Yeah. Right. Like, and I think it needed that because I was a little bit 
I did go in and out of the first season once or twice before mm-hmm. I finished it, and it was because I was like, okay, uh, this is yeah. just not quite, you know. But by the time they get to Eros yeah. and all converge, yep. then it was like, oh, wow, okay, so what's like, going on? Structurally, from a production side, like what seasons one through three was sci-fi channel and then it was it's actually i think it was i think only the fifth season is amazon so like yeah the show like had a run and then sci-fi was going to cancel it or just wanted to keep it going but couldn't or something and i believe it was fully like, canceled and then amazon picked it up later was that okay so there was like a gap in time where they picked the production back up correct like it didn't it didn't just in the budget like got enhanced at that point i don't know i haven't researched like, that like is it like a stark like oh this is the Amazon season and this is before that it was was different. Right? I haven't noticed much of it. I'm in there's some shows that do that where they change networks and like you can tell like oh this is where the big budget came in or whatever, for good or bad. I think if you no- I notice only small improvements maybe, but by the time I'm well into season five, and it feels very much like the same is show. Is there five only or six total? There's five right now, but I th- I believe You're still making them. Yes. Oh. I, well, I believe that there's supposed to be. I thought it was over nine. With. Oh wow. Okay. Or there's nine books re- or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they split up the books into multiple seasons. I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. I know that books, right? They're like nine hundred page books. They're yeah, very big, very thick series books, of books, yeah. and I'm not even sure if the books are still being written, but mm-hmm. I think that they shouldn't do the Game of Thrones like run the show faster than the books go because that didn't turn out so well right well i think that that's it's it feels very much like game like like i think mm-hmm. part of the reason why the show is so good is that it has good source material yeah right? and like, the guys who wrote the book are writing the show and like running the show they too, know what right? they're doing yeah and i think that that's help that helps but i don't know if that's gonna stay mm-hmm. like if it's always gonna follow the books surely they would take a lesson from Game of Thrones and like finish the books first because that guy. This is a classic example of (laughs) where that could happen, where it could go wrong because I think the books. They got a whole 15 month coronavirus pandemic to write the books. Like, take pause. You can't film movies anyway. I haven't even checked. Finish your damn book. (laughs) I don't know when the next. I don't know. I haven't. I'm just watching the show. I'm not too tuned into the books or when the next season was supposed to come out. Mm -hmm. I know that. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of scared to finish season five because it's like, oh, like we should no. find out what's going on with like release schedules because yeah, if we if there is going to be like a season six that comes out week to week to week, then yeah, we could even go episode by episode. Um, well, let's find if out. I can get myself caught up in time, right? Because that'd be ideal if I can get caught up in time to where you are. Like we can both get caught up to it. Everything has been released, and then we just wait for the next thing. No premiere date set yet for season six of the Expanse, but according to a report from the Midgard Times, production wrapped. Wrapped. Okay, that just means filming wrapped. Really? Or do you think they edited it and stuff? Production wrapped in the second week of May 2021. Okay, that's pretty recent. That could mean another December premiere for the show, which Amazon has been doing. Oh. Okay. 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 So I have till December to get through five. I can do that. So it seems to be the case that this will be the final season. Season six. Yes. Okay. That's good. You need yeah. Shows need to like definitively plan out a run and land the plane instead of keep it going. You know, and like run out of runway. I, I like when shows like definitively say. Also, it was canceled after three seasons. So four and five are Amazon. Right. That's what I thought I heard. But I I didn't notice it. Four, five, six. No significant difference. Okay. 
The main novel series consists of eight books with a ninth planned for release in 2021, 2021 that will complete the series. The most recent season five is based on the fifth book, Nemesis Games, while season six will likely focus on the sixth dramatically titled Babylon's Ashes. So there's eight books. There's going to be nine books, but they're only doing six of them in yeah, the season. So that's weird. So there's going to be more to the story than we will see. Right. If you're, yeah. Which I mean, I gotta believe. Multiverse. <laughs> that they, I gotta believe that they're just gonna they'll pick up the show and do more if, they, if there's maybe books. Maybe some other than Amazon, because Amazon's like probably like okay, now we gotta get everyone's attention to Lord of the Rings, right? There maybe another studio will, will pick up. I don't know how how strong a following. Like I know that within the hardcore science fiction community, this has got yeah. a following, but it's, it's not mainstream appeal. appeal. Yeah, it's, it's not, not Game of Thrones appeal. It's not yeah. even Westward appeal, world mm-hmm. appeal. It's more like Battlestar Galactica appeal. Yeah, like every kind of, every so often, like shows, like there's the sci-fi show everyone's watching. It was, right. It was Babylon 5, it was um, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, and now it's this. What, what, did, what are your thoughts, what did you think of the overall just beginning to end storyline of season one? Like just in terms of like, you know, like, Beginning, middle, end, weaknesses, strengths. Uh, like I said, I think they they weave they weave the strands together into a thread at the end. Well, you just gotta be patient for it. And I guess if the barest bones of the story is bare bones, right? But like, there's all this cool like more happening in the side, like all the like side. I'm distracted by the tech and by like, like he goes to like the morgue and there's all that like science tech of like you can do probes and you can like right. there's like this idea of like you can have like these like implants and like modifications in your body and this and that like I'm distracted by all that right like, what the implications of that so like maybe that's by design where they're like hey look at these look at this cool shiny stuff over here um, while we're like advancing actually a very simple plot line and like the tech and the lore but, like. I'm 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 there for it. Like I'm right. I'm showing up for that. Like I like that. I think I think you know I mean? it 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 did enough. Like <clears throat> like you had that 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 detailed world building, you know, of like how they do things. Yeah. Right. Like how they do just about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was very grounded in reality. I think that the first part of season one, standing alone, was mediocre. Um, in the sense that it was just, it was like, it wasn't, you know, it's I like, guess I'd say it's like somewhat forgettable. It was, it was just, it was pretty own. standard. It was like, okay, these people are on a ship. Yeah. Like that's what you would expect. They're on the run. There's like a, there's like some crisis, you know, yeah. where they got to fix the ship, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like almost had like a bad batch feeling to it a little mm-hmm. bit. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you got this little mission over here. You got this, you yeah. got these people in this crisis over here. You got this guy over here. You're the emperor. I mean, everything is proceeding as I've yeah. foreseen, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then I think that, I think that it, like I said, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't until maybe when, when Miller, when Miller gets fired. Mm-hmm. Because his boss is in with, with Mal. With Mal. Right. Yes. Because, because, He's he's sniffing up the wrong tree a little bit, and he gets shut down. He's the he's a pawn, mm-hmm. and when he's like he he has no identity apart from being a cop. Yeah, and when you strip that from him, right, and then I think that that's where his character starts to become like the scene yeah. where he's sitting on the ship, yeah. and he's like, I've never been in space, and he's talking to a Mormon, yeah. and you get a sense like this guy just got 
like where's what's gonna happen? He's at rock bottom, basically. What's gonna happen yeah. to Miller? Yeah. Right? Like, and he's just chasing anywhere. Julie Mao for yeah. the sake of chasing Julie Mao. Even though he's not assigned to do and, that anymore. Right. Yeah. And then you have the 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 Rosinante crew, you know, heading towards uh, Eros, and I think that's where it starts to mm-hmm. pick up, and you're like, okay, what's gonna happen? I forget why. Why did they need, need to go to Eros? What was their reason for going there? Are there? I thought Fred Johnson sent, sent them, them there. That's right. I believe, That's or he right. convinced them to go there. I forgot why. Yeah. I think it was related to, um, somehow related to the, the stealth tech, right? As like the lead, the pick. Because he wants to know where that stealth tech comes from too, doesn't he? Fred Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't know where it's yeah, from. Yeah. So like they're all trying to figure out where the stealth tech is right. coming from. Well, the, and I think I think that's what that's what is so. <laughs> the, the show always always does like the show always has all the like every time you think you know what the storyline is and then it's like everybody's like oh yeah. shit yeah wait it, what yeah. hey and like you said with that hotel lobby scene it's like what are you doing here what are you doing here it's like that Spider-Man well, then, meme where Spider-Man keeps pointing at himself like four different times well and then and then <laughs> like the, the and then like I mean the, all I can say I'll say is that as the show progresses right like there's just this constant sense that there's some like you Every time that the factions and the characters try to settle in to their role or their place in the world, or their, it just gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, wow, you can't just. You know, the story's not over. You know, there's there's the proto molecule, and then later there's other. There's it's just <laughs> it it literally opens up into something that is much bigger, um, uh, and that. Uh, it's just very interesting Um, and I think and and, and it does a really good job of it what the show does well for me as it goes forward is it does a great job of keeping the big story and the characters both interesting at the same time so like Mm -hmm. there's times when you're watching the show when you're just getting more about Amos or more about Holden or more about Naomi especially Naomi oh my gosh okay because she's like a black box right now for me so that's good oh god I don't know what's up with her Oh, well, I think you get some. I don't know. Yeah, like what we see of her is like, oh, I need like what's below. What do you know? What layers. do we know about her by the end of season one? Uh, not much. Nothing much. Like she's a belter. Okay, but yeah, like, not an OPA kind of belter. And I yeah. won't say anything. I yeah. won't say anything because there's so much. There's so much going on, yeah. and it and it. But there's just but it, it, so it does such a good job of telling the telling the stories of each character. And at the same time, telling the bigger story, mm. both at the same time, going forward, very it's very well done. Um, and there's there's some uh, they have some great there's some unknowns in the show, and then there's some you know like the guy who yeah. plays uh, Anderson Dawes, yeah. very well known. David Strathairn open mm-hmm. ends up in the show. I don't know if you know who he is. He's not in there yet, but when he he does come, he's great. Um, well, that guy from Breaking Bad was the captain. Or the XO, right? That like, yeah, like that crazy looking guy. Yeah, he was just in he there was, for like, a little while. He's like the he went. He's like the XO that went Looney Tunes or whatever. And that's wasn't why, he? He was. He was. Uh, he was. What's his name? His hitman was. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it briefly as like an insane. Yeah, the, he was the commanding officer on that, or the corporate officer, or whatever. Well, we're out of time, so uh, we'll wrap that up, and we will see you again when we hopefully talk about season two soon. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.